With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nick Ashman joins us from the beatenfavorite.com and also the great tip-off and, of course, the co-host of the Sydney set on 11.70 each and every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. And don't forget the new McCrispy. It's the next big thing. Macca's 30 days, 30 deals. Grab a new deal every day of November only on my Macca's app. G'day, Nicholas. How's Cup Week treating you? It's a long week. It is. Gareth, I, uh, I'm sorry it took me so long to get to you. I had to duck into coals and get some urethane. So okay. uh, we've come to the end is of our run. Is that because of but... your tweeting, someone said? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> no, I've had oh. text messages flowing through. And I didn't oh. even know what, what – well, I didn't even know they were talking about. And then Jacko just said, I said, oh, okay then. Mate, what happened was is look, the aides put something out on Tuesday night and, and just saying that three horses had pulled up lame yes. and – I'd had a few and, uh, you no. know, I'd had a win and all the rest of it. And uh, I might have made a, an inappropriate comment. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. No, do you know what? I, I can understand <laughs> you. You, that you were just talking through passion. And I was on Andy Marr and Andy Gay's show the other day. And I said, I didn't say what you said, but I said, well, it just sometimes um, that was just, that was the headline basically. And it's, it is yeah. frustrating for us racing lovers. But anyway, we, we move on. We move well, it is, mate, and we just got to. It's just a bit, bit, bit lazy when people put up a headline like that that doesn't really reflect what the story is. So, no. anyway, mate, what do you do? We We're going to get it every yeah, year. So, it's click, I don't know why I it's fell click for it, bait. It? Yeah, sometimes. Correct. It's and um, people say, say, people say, Gareth, you might be hypocritical by saying that, but it, it didn't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll move on because um, we've got not much time to. Go yep. through your best there at Flemington. So where do we start with the let's features? With, yeah, let's start with the, the first of the group ones, the sprint. On with Dean Evans here. I think in secret's a great bet. Uh, yep. She was around five dollars yesterday. That's crazy odds for her. Look, Imperative is is the horse to beat, but the discrepancy in the price is unwarranted for mine. Um, Imperative is yes, all three ones. I heard what your caller just said that she's been set for this race. She wasn't. She was set for Mooney Valley. That was what she was set for. Those those races at the Valley to win those two. Uh, this is certainly on part of the program for her, but she was, they, they didn't go to the Everest to run in the Manicato. She could have gone to the Everest and still run in this race like in secret is. So I'm not sure if that's quite the correct summation, but what I will say is that Imperatrice on my stuff rated down last start in the Manicato compared to what she did the previous run in the Moya Stakes. Now, I don't know why that was. Maybe it's because she hugged the rail on a day when you probably wanted to be just a fraction off the rail. Uh, maybe it's because she had no opposition to test her. But all I know is that that Group 1 Manicato, the horses that finished behind her were nowhere near up to Group 1 level that day. And the, the, the winning margin shouldn't have been as big as it was in a Group 1 race. She's only gone about a length or two quicker than Group 1 standard. And she's put an absolute hole in them. So it tells you what the opposition were like. In secret, two from two down the straight. She won the Coolmore this time last year. And she came back and won the new market in the autumn. She's a very good straight track horse. She ran the best late splits of the day on Everest Day. You made a very good point just then when you came in off the break. Had she drawn a barrier, I think she probably just about wins mm -hmm. the Everest, to be honest with you. And then we're having a very different conversation. The fact is, is she was only a length off, um, think about it, in the Everest. 
And yeah, I, look for, for me, I've got a mark. I've got Imperatives sort of up around that two thirty, two forty mark, and I've got um, uh, in secret sort of more around that three thirty mark. Okay. So I think there should only be about a point between them, mate. It's interesting too in that Champions Mile. I was talking to Dean about this as well. I think a couple of minutes before nominations closed, Alligator Blood was in the Champion Stakes, and prior to Jenny was a late nom. So now they've mm. got like six or seven horses in that race. It's still a fascinating contest for mine. I, um, I think it's the race of the day, isn't it? Yeah, the, the mile. Yeah. Which way are you? Yeah. Like I'm. I want to be with Fangirl. Oh, mm. I just think it sets up perfectly for her, but. Um, it's going to be one hell of a battle. Alligator blood and Mr. Brightside. You can't like, it's, 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 it's a race that I like, I'm, I'm thinking it's just a race that you just got to sit back and enjoy and see what happens. It's a, yeah, it's a heavyweight battle yeah. and it's not just between the two boys. The girls right in the mix up being fangirl. Look, the track walker information that we had just coming through this morning, Gareth, suggests that it's going to be well and truly off rail on Saturday, both in circle and straight races. Okay. And that's going to, that's really going to suit fangirl's racing pattern. But you know, he's so tough, Alligator Blood. I spoke to Tim Clark on the phone last night briefly, trying to lure him out for a drink, but of course he was too good for that. He's, he's gone home and had a good night's sleep. Um, he he said to me, Alligator Blood's thriving. He's loving this hard racing. He came out of the Cox Plate last year and won this race. Um, this is he's, this is his wheelhouse, 1,600 metres at Flemington. He's, he's a multiple Group 1 winner over this track and distance, and I think he's the one that they've got to beat. He'll probably tag prior to Jenny in the run. It gives him the bunny the chase, which I think he actually quite likes. He'll get, he'll pin the ears back and get past her. And then he's just got to stave off Brightside and Fangirl. Brightside, for me, has probably had the toughest preparation out of the trio at the top of the market. Yep. Uh, Fangirl's probably, uh, you know, alongside um, Alligator Blood. She was very good at her first crack at 2,000 metres in the Cox Plate. She'll relish getting back to 1,600 metres and J-Mac in the saddle. But mm-hmm. I've got to be with Alligator Blood, mate. He's just a real top-class horse, and I think Flemington's his go over a mile. So at, what is he, around 350, I think, Correct. is the bet. West wind blows. Can he finally no. break through? And, and Jamie Spencer break his hoodoo of 17 rides without a winner in Australia. His last 17 rides anyway. He's the, he's the firm favourite. But Zaki's been heavily supported. It was interesting to hear what you said about the track there. It's been in previous years, he wanted to be up front and dominating on pace. And it's been a recipe mm. for success. That's why we've seen like horses like Saki win the last couple champion stakes and Alligator Blood dictate from the front last year. Um, are you surprised then with the money coming from the old boy in the champion stakes? Look, not really, Gareth. Staying races, I know 2000 is probably only you know, more of a middle distance, but staying races, that track pattern can flip around. It's probably more applicable to 1,400, 1,600-metre races, etc. Staying races, I think, generally just the best horse wins with the right race shape. Zaki, I think, is one of the horses to beat. I think everything's been geared for this race. They've went to the Cox Plate knowing that he's not as good at Mooney Valley as he is at, uh, at Flemington, but they, just, they, uh, they put him in there anyway because of his class, and I thought he did a good job. I think he ran six. Um, you know, he, he's going to be the horse that they pretty much have to run down, but... Gee, I, I thought a tissue was really good last Saturday. I know we probably don't look at her as a Group 1 weight for age horse, but this isn't a vintage field. Zaki, yes, he's a good horse, but he, he can mix his form a bit, the old boy. And outside of him, it's a little bit light on, isn't it, really, for genuine Group 1 weight for age racing. They've all sort of gone to that um, the mile race. So, oh, look, my, my thoughts are that Zaki probably gets the cash but I'm against West Wind Blows because I think he's had two hard okay. runs and now he's got to come back from 2,400 metres to 2,000. 
Jamie Spencer, you've outlined. He's yet to win a race here. Uh, Prowess, I think she's the fresh horse on the scene, third up from a spell. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested. Her figures last out weren't that good, Gareth. So I'm just a little bit cautious about her. What about Damien Oliver picking up a Group 1 victory in his last Jewess. Group 1 ride? Yeah, Jewish. She was so unlucky in the Cox Plate. I, you know what? My gut feeling tells me the safest play in this race is to back Jewish to run a place. It's yeah. a boring bet, and I hate myself for saying it. But she, you know, what are you getting? Two twenty-two fifty for the place. I don't think she'll miss top three. And then the tissue, as I mentioned, on the seven-day backup, she was awesome charging home from the tail of the field last weekend um, in the mile race behind Pride of Ginny. Mm-hmm. And she's got a good 2,000-metre profile at uh, Flemington, having won the Matriarch last year, which might yeah. seem a much easier race. But the rating she produced there was very, very high. Got a couple of questions coming through for you, Nick. Okay. Um, I'll pick the best one because we only got a couple of minutes. Not the best one, but at the moment, I, I don't. I'm not disrespecting anyone here. Um, I'm just trying to work out. This is an interesting one, Paul. Morning, Gareth. Um, can you ask Nick when he sets a market like he did for the sprint tomorrow? What percentage does he set it at? That's a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, you've always got to do it at a hundred percent, which is why your odds might seem bigger than what's on offer. Correct. And that's why when you find a horse... The markets are usually 120% now, aren't they? Around that. Correct, yeah, 120%, Paul. So when you mark a horse $5 and you can get 6 or $7, that's when you know it's a bet because you're marking at 100% as opposed to 120 Um, What else have we got for you? What's your best outside of those feature races, Nick? Yeah, race three, number nine, Miss Aria, Tim Clark for Danny O'Brien. She was good, I thought, last time out behind Shiva. She won first up at Geelong in a mate and just got it out of the way and won really, really well there, settling on speed. It was about five weeks between runs when she got tested at 1,400 at Sandown, the hillside track. She was a bit disappointing there, but I think there's just a gap between runs. She wasn't quite fit. Then she came back to 1,200 metres. Clearly, she'd been freshened for it, hadn't done much work in between because she wanted to over-race. Now fourth up, the right fitness base, back out to 1,400 metres. We'll get in that three-wide running line with cover, and I think she's a big, big chance. Swartz is your favourite for the race, Gareth. And John O'Shea's won this race twice in about the last five or six years, so it's a race that he targets with good horses. But I'm not sure if it's going to be the right day to lead, and it's his first go at 1,400 metres, and he's drawn soft. So I'm going to back a horse to blouse him down the outside. Number nine, Miss Aria. There you go. Johnny, Johnny O'Shea is pretty confident, I think. So is Jamac with David Swartz. I'm on Swartz. I think it'd be hard to beat. I might have to take the Quinella. Um, hey, Nick, Something. you've been sensational all week, brother. I've loved your work on social media. I loved your work <laughs> on the radio, um, on, on the TV. You've done it all. You're wearing a beautiful pink jacket. Did you know what, Nicholas Ashman? I thought he was the man of the people. I said, g'day to you, Nick. He said, I know Nick Ashman when I run into you in the marquee there the other day. You haven't paid yeah. for a drink for at least 10 years since you've been in the races these days. <laughs> but you brushed me off like you didn't want to know me. Oh, I was a bit hurt. Unbelievable. Oh, come on, Gary. You've changed. You know, you're having a bad day. You, you've changed, son. All right, brother. <laughs> Have a good day. Right. 